0: you are listening to living with adhd and cptsd available on apple podcasts and other podcast platforms Good day, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Living with ADHD and CPTSD. Today's episode is about CPTSD, and the topic of today's episode is when you love someone who has CPTSD. Basically, this is for people who are not afflicted with CPTSD, but have to be with some or decide to be with someone who has CPTSD and may not understand the struggles that occur with this disorder so i am going to discuss with you the audience and this is more for people who don't have it but for those who are listening who have cptsd i definitely recommend either sharing this episode with your partner or perhaps you could discuss this with them after and give them some information, recommend some sites. I'm going to recommend some websites for them to go to if they have information or if they're not sure what to do because of their partner having CPTSD. Okay. All right. So I'm going to read some information here first, and then I'm going to talk about my own personal you know history with my partner and cptsd It is a little unique in a sense and i will get on and discuss that more at after the break but we will i will discuss my unique and my experiences uh being with my partner who has to live with me as i have cptsd Okay, so this article gives a brief overview of some basics about complex post-traumatic stress disorder, CPTSD, and what you can do to support yourself as well as nurture your relationship when you love someone with complex PTSD. You may be wondering if reading this article will be helpful to you. If your partner experienced significant trauma during childhood and you find yourself in awe of all that they are in spite of what they have been through, yet uncertain at times about how to provide the right kind of support, then this article is for you. If you recognize the wisdom within your partner that is derived from their experiences, but struggle to access your own wisdom when you see your partner suffering, then this article is for you. (coughs) Excuse me. Lastly, if you sometimes see your partner as someone who would benefit from healing work, but are not sure the right place to start, then this article is for you. This article is about how to bring your best self to your relationship by forging one that is defined by security, consistency, and honesty, as well as understanding the importance of your own self-care in cultivating these bonds. CPTSD can occur when a person experiences multiple or prolonged traumatic experiences, complex trauma, over the course of a lifetime. Oftentimes the traumas are relational in nature, which means that the events occur within relationships during developmental periods such as childhood. For example, periods of child abuse or neglect and or multiple ruptures or transitions with primary caregivers, such as multiple foster placements in which attachment bonds are ruptured or substance abuse or dependence by a primary caregiver. There are two areas of human development that are impacted by complex trauma. When these areas are impacted, it can result in CPTSD. They are attachment, the ways in which a person learns to have relationships with others, and self-regulation, the way in which a person handles self-soothing in the face of stress. Let's look at both more closely. In terms of attachment, a child who experienced multiple adverse experiences such as abuse, domestic violence, neglect, or community violence is likely to, as an adult, experience frequent mistrust, fear of abandonment, and difficulty feeling secure in their intimate relationships. The reason for this is that the template was formed that was formed early on how, about how to have relationships was developed under the pretense that those who love me either hurt me or leave. These reoccurring experiences often cause the belief that people are not safe to trust, leading to the lived experience of I'm hurt when you stay and I'm hurt when you leave a double edged sword. Self-regulation is a set of skills that are learned by internalizing the soothing actions of our caregivers when we are hurt, scared, hungry, sad, etc. The capacity by which we are able to do this for ourselves as adults is largely made possible by the quality and quantity of that which is given to us. The opportunities to learn from and observe adults practicing self-regulation in ways that are healthy and nourishing for children with complex trauma often are minimal. Instead, the stress response system, the internal regulation system that is in charge of keeping us safe in the face of stressors, becomes overloaded due to a lack of opportunities to return to a calm state. In CPTSD, this results in an elevated baseline and a stress response system that is overly sensitive to stressors. Thus, the system responds by vacillating between extreme states of hyperarousal to hypoarousal, which is dissociation, rather than remaining with an ideal, more balanced window of tolerance. People who have not experienced trauma typically remain in this window within their normal day-to-day lives. This might account for why your partner may appear to have seemingly disproportionate reactions to stimuli that doesn't impact you as severely. Their system's degree of sensitivity and reactivity is such that a smaller event can cause them great distress and dysregulation. The hopeful news is that the medicine for CPTSD can be found within the healing power of relationships and within our brain's incredible ability to create new templates for relationships by a process called neuroplasticity, our brain's ability to make new neural connections throughout our lifetime. The incredible healing power of relationships as they relate to complex trauma has been well documented by neuroscientists such as Dr. Bruce Perry, who specializes in the impacts of childhood trauma and neglect and its impact on neurodevelopment, and Dr. Daniel Siegel, who has also well-documented the process of neurodevelopment. What this means is that you and your partner have the ability to form a secure attachment in adulthood, even if your partner has not yet experienced that in your life. It's very exciting, but where do you begin? It is important to know the following. You cannot erase existing templates, but you can create new ones. Your efforts should be patterned and repetitive, as these templates live in lower, less plastic, not as easily changed parts of the brain that are only accessed and changed through doing things over and over again. You don't need to figure this out on your own. Finding a couples therapist educated about complex trauma is recommended and can help facilitate the healing process. Here are some other ideas you will want to consider. Be consistent, and be predictable. Repetition is the key to building a secure attachment. It also facilitates the ability to trust. For example, calling your partner every night before bed to say goodnight. This may seem simple, but it can have a profound effect on shaping a new, loving, and secure template of what a relationship can be in your partner's brain. Know your boundaries this is a big one and relate it back again to being consistent and predictable what is and what is not in your control if your partner is struggling with mood symptoms including anxiety or depression and struggling with self-regulation it is not your job to fix that but you can encourage your partner to establish a relationship with a therapist or make an appointment with an existing one it can be powerful to validate your partner's suffering while simultaneously acknowledging that you do not have the power to make it all better. In all relationships, it is important for each partner to own their their own struggles and work on them independently from the relationship. Three, establish and keep up your own self-care plan. When we fall in love, it is so easy to give and give and then one day we wake up and we realize, oops, I have given to everyone except me. You have got to fill your own bucket. Keeping up with a routine that nourishes you and keeps you connected to yourself and those in your support system is crucial. You are modeling for your partner that it is okay to practice self-care and encouraging the process called differentiation an ongoing process of self-defining within the context of the relationship that is a key developmental milestone within relationship and is that which sets the stage for further development and deeper intimacy as your relationship progresses four don't try to explain instead connect and redirect emotions are not logical yet it is our tendency to try to explain our way through them when your partner is in an emotional state of activation remember first connect by reflecting back what you hear them say including their feelings listen and mirror without the intention of problem solving once your partner has expressed to you that they are feeling heard ask them if they want support and problem solving redirect once you check for their interest you may find that you have already helped enough five do find out what is soothing to your partner People who have experienced complex trauma are often well aware of what they do and do not like. Ask them for their preferences. You may find out that your partner cannot tolerate massage but loves a warm bath. If so, draw them a bath and draw it often. Remember, repetition, consistency, predictability. 6. Practice consent in intimacy and beyond. Trauma is defined as an extreme loss of control to a perceived threat or life-threatening situation. Healing for trauma survivors always includes establishing a sense of safety. A way to safety is through experience control. Practicing consent is a powerful vessel for this. This means asking permission before and during intimate encounters, as well as throughout your day-to-day interactions. For example, Is it okay if I move your things while I clean this room? 7. Anticipate events that could cause anxiety for your partner. Work together to create a safety plan. For example, if your partner feels anxious in social settings like big events such as a wedding, deciding ahead of time where to sit during the ceremony and have a signal that you can give to one another if your partner needs a break. This can be a good opportunity to step outside and get a breather check in about how you are both doing and make adjustments to your plan as necessary (coughs) excuse me don't take it personally your partner has been through a lot it is likely that if your partner has a reaction to something that you do or say that it has less to do with you than you think and more to do with what the thing reminds them of when this happens take a deep breath and do your own physiological self-soothing then, when you feel regulated, check back in, try to think of these moments as opportunities to learn more about, your, about what your partner's triggers are so that you can work with them in a thoughtful and a meaningful way. Remember, it all goes back to the incredible healing power of relationships and the bonds that are formed when we are present and available for one another. Even as therapists, we can get stuck in the trap of thinking that we should be able to fix it all right then and there, and we jump too quickly to a problem solving. Yet, it is always meaningful to take a step back and remember that the key to building a secure relationship is not in your ability to offer a quick fix. Rather, it lies within your ability to take your time, be consistent, and show your commitment to being there again and again if past trauma is impacting you or your relationship and you need to help then reach out to an to a, a you know an expert and establishing a relationship with a therapist can be the first step in creating a path to healing that can seem overwhelming and uncertain more clear manageable and supportive all right so i I've never well, okay, let's let's put this way. Before I realized that I was someone who had to deal with complex trauma, or CPTSD. I was in my relationship with my girlfriend, and I soon learned, after we started our relationship that she herself suffers from CPTSD she had dealt with her own issues with you know frequent and repetitive trauma when she was a child and into her early teen years and she has been through many 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 years of therapy and she's really had she's got a really good grasp on what is going on and she's really good at the processing and knowing her parts and knowing that she's triggered and blended and she knows how to step away and take care of herself. Now, the interesting twist here is that now that I am someone who also has CPTSD, she has to learn, well, she has learned and she has tried to help me all the time regarding dealing with my own trauma and my own triggers that I experience in my life and she does have to like the benefit of being with someone who goes through it herself and knows all the steps and the things that have to be done in order to begin the healing process with CPTSD is that she has a lot of information excuse me a lot of information that is helpful that she has been able to offer been able to offer me when i am having issues and when i get triggered and i become blended with my with my parts she knows how to take me step by step how to calm me down how to help me unblend but the thing that i've been working on which unfortunately has been very frustrating in this relationship is that I'm still learning the important steps involved when, you know, and recognizing that I'm triggered, recognizing that I'm having a flashback or experiencing a flashback of CPTSD, and then stepping away from the situation that I'm involved in, and then going and doing some processing and, you know, updating getting to the point where I can update these parts I have to say that it has been a mix there's been a lot of highs and a lot of lows regarding this and the reason is because there are other disabilities that I'm dealing with that I am still very new to and beginning to learn about as I had expressed in my episode that I released the day before, I have recently learned that I am most likely going to di- get diagnosed with autism. I'm gonna be on the autistic spectrum of, and I don't know where, obviously it's, you know, it's a varied spectrum and everybody's unique. And it does, it has affected me in many ways because of the fact that it's, you know, there's, there's some similarities between them and knowing whether it's your parts that are having the problem or knowing that maybe you're having an autistic meltdown. Um, and on top of it, having to deal with ADHD, like uh, the three of them together is extremely frustrating and very difficult. And learning about how cptsd is and what it can do and the steps that are involved in beginning the healing process it's extremely difficult now i remember that both my therapist and my girlfriend both had stated that a typical person's therapy when they are diagnosed with cptsd to get to a point of making real progress it can take five or even 10 years to really make a lot of progress and get to a point where you start to really feel the effects of healing and the work that you've been doing, you know, every day for the for five, 10 years. I felt and I still feel today very fortunate that I have two people in my life that are able to help me. Um, my therapist is someone that I see often and we discuss all the things that are going on in my life regarding my trauma. Uh, like just recently, for example, talking about um, anxiety and it being trauma related anxiety. And then, you know, like doing hypo, uh, hypnotherapy for my anxiety and then doing a a boundary uh, session in my last a couple episodes that I have put out on my page that talked about um, a part that is afraid of being alone and you learn just how much those parts can affect you on a day-to-day basis especially when you get triggered it is not a fun thing and You soon learn how complex and how difficult that the work can be, especially for someone who doesn't have a partner who knows how to deal with it and knows the work and knows what's involved in the process of healing. Imagine only being able to go to a therapist and that's the only person you can talk to about it because you don't trust anybody else. Imagine if you can if you don't even have the ability to see a therapist. Let's say you are working a nine to five job and you're barely making over minimum wage and you don't get benefits and you can't afford to go to a therapist. And the ability to know how to, to cope with the trauma and the triggers that you experience all the time, daily in your life, and having no idea how to to help to get the help to, to fix it and having no idea how to do the work it is a very difficult thing to do in your life i definitely wouldn't recommend it for anyone uh not getting like if you can't get therapy you have to you could go to like some i don't know about in the uh, states as far as like government based support like mental health mental health support like in canada if you aren't able to to afford going to a therapist for i think the average price is about 200 dollars a visit for an hour you can get support through the government um, where you can qualify for um like therapy it's it's a good way to go if you can't afford your own therapy and and choose your therapist but not rather than not getting any assistance you just you go into a downward spiral and you never feel like you can ever recover and it can get worse and worse and really make it feel extremely difficult to live and feel safe in your life. Now, for a partner, like a girlfriend or, or a boyfriend or husband and wife, um, imagine being a partner, like if, you, if you're listening to me or you're watching this video and you notice that the person that you're dating or you're married to is suffering from cptsd like they're having they're getting triggers and they're and they're acting unusual suddenly and they have a fit or they are they're like panicking or they're or they're saying unusual things or they're hiding or they're running away or they're being super anxious or something happens like you're watching a movie or a tv show and suddenly they're triggered and you notice that there's some unusual behavior that you've never seen or you've repeatedly seen whenever you seem to watch a movie it really can get in the way of having a happy relationship because imagine that person that you're with not being able to feel safe and secure around you like you may be able to go on a number of dates and do typical dating things for for someone or for two people who are just getting to know each other, but the moment that you think about going further in this relationship, like uh, maybe becoming intimate with each other or you know becoming more serious, there's gonna there could be signs and uh, f- flashbacks that occur that suddenly make your partner feel like they're not safe around you or they don't or they don't think that you're a safe person. And they don't know that they're not in place and in time. They've got a child part that's suddenly been activated and they're feeling all this stress and this trauma that they experienced from their past. If you have no idea it's not exactly something that you can just, you know, bring up to them and ask them because they may not feel secure enough to discuss it with you. I know that I remember with my girlfriend, it was something that took a long time for her to trust me enough to reveal important information about her past. And it was quite revealing and and definitely upsetting because of the things that occurred but it it did give me a, a much broader understanding of what she went through in her life and why she is the way she is today I wish that back in the day that I had a much better understanding of, of what had gone on but there it's no there is no possible way I could do all the research online and read every book and watch videos but unless I've been through it, or experienced trauma in a in that kind of way, there's no way for me to truly understand just what exactly has been what has happened and what she's gone through. So for someone who is with a like their partner has CPTSD, it can be very frustrating and very stressful. And very hard on on a relationship because you wonder where your partner's gone why they behave a certain way in certain situations why you think that they can't trust you and why there are things that they won't tell you about like or talk to you about things that happen in their life all i can say is you just need to be very compassionate and very caring and understanding and be willing to not allow yourself to take it personal it's not personal they don't actually think that you're a bad person it's just they they don't realize that the trauma isn't in place and in time that it is something from their past and that's where they go through learning and they they start to heal it may take a while and you just need to stick with them and and be kind and love them and just realize that it's something that they're going to have to, to have to deal with on their own. They may be willing to show you what their life is like and or talk to you about what has happened, but you need to give them time to be willing to trust you on that. If not, you really have... It's going to be a very difficult time to do something like that if you're not willing to be patient and not willing to give them the space that they deserve and the time if they ask for some time away you really just have to give them some some space, let them know uh, that you're there for them and that you won't abandon them in times of need Like there's a good chance that you may never have to really talk to them too much about it, unless you're in a very serious relationship. Like I'm, I am, I'm, in, I'm in a very serious relationship, uh, nearly three years now, and we've been living together for the past seven months, and a lot has happened in those three years, and a lot on its own has happened in the last seven months. It's takes a lot of time and it takes a lot of work to make progress and to start healing and the healing is not going to be a quick step you know like it's not going to be something that's just going to go fast and be simple and easy it's going to take a lot of work but you just have to be there for them uh i have to For those who are listening who are the ones dealing with CPTSD, just stay strong and don't give up on the notion that you can heal, that you can get better, and that things will improve. Uh, Know that it's not going to be a fast step, you're not going to get there in a day, you're not going to get there in a month maybe even within a year, but you have to stay with the course and do the work and be kind to yourself and be kind to your parts, be, pass- be compassionate with everything that you go, with, go through. And for the partners that are neurotypical and haven't experienced the trauma and don't know what to expect and don't know how necessarily to talk about it with them, just have an open ear and be willing to listen. It's not really time to talk. For you, it's more time to listen and be open to what they have to say. And expect unusual or things that could be scary or that could be uh, hard to, to understand and hard to listen to. Because these this trauma doesn't occur because because someone gets hit or punched it's very it can be very severe and it's repetitive and it's very traumatizing and especially for some people whose lives when they were a child are were in danger repetitively because they were being neglected and they were being physically or mentally abused over and over by someone that they loved and that, had to, that took care of them and relied on that person to survive, it's big time, serious trauma. It's not something simple, which is the whole point of complex trauma. It's a repetitive related trauma that has occurred and is very severe. So you just need to know that expect anything And be open-minded and be willing to give them as much time as they require and the only thing I'm gonna say is don't try to be processing don't try to give them a fix don't try to help them fix it don't be your don't be their therapist just be a partner who's being open and willing to listen to them and let them rant and let them say what they need to say and then when it's over Give them a hug. Let them, you know, if they need to cry, let them cry in, on your shoulder. Give them the space that they need to recover. Don't push. Don't be needy. That's this. Definitely, don't be that way. Um, just be open. Be willing to give them your time, your energy, and let them know that you're always going to be there for them. It is definitely a unique situation for myself, but I know that there are so many people out there in this world who have CPTSD and don't get any help and don't have anybody in their life or in their lives to help them understand and know what they're going through. It's a a difficult time in their lives and they've probably been going through it for many many years and don't really know who to trust and who to who they can talk to so if you can be that person for them you know take it on take this head on and be there and let them gain your tr- gain their trust that's the important you need to gain their trust and you need to show them that, that you are someone who they can talk to about this and tell you anything And your only role is just to listen and to give them the ability to feel safe and to feel heard. And that'll go a very long way. It's all you can do. It's up to them to get the help and it's up to them to do the work, but... You can do your role. You can help them in the way that they need it. Um, Sometimes they don't realize it, but don't push it. Don't make them do something that they don't want to do. That's the last thing you want to do to someone who's dealing with complex trauma. You want to gain their trust, not further erode it, and have the possibility that you lose that trust because you are encroaching on their safe space. Because the whole point is they need to feel safe around you and in their environment in order for them to be able to talk or to, you know, to do what they are requiring to do in order to start the healing process. It's a long road, but if you're willing to be there for them and do what is necessary, then you're, you're an amazing person and... You deserve a lot of credit and you deserve to a good, you know, high five, a handshake, a big hug. You deserve to be recognized for being there for someone who's dealing with CPTSD. And don't be afraid to reach out. But let them make the move. Make let Let them make the first move in the ability to talk to you. Yeah. And if they're not ready, or if they're in the middle of a conversation and they're talking to you about it, and all of a sudden they change their mind, you have to be okay with that. You don't have a choice. Just tell them, that's okay, I understand. We can discuss it later or whenever you want. I'm here for you. We can take a walk. We can do whatever you want all good for me you know and they'll appreciate that maybe they're gonna need a few moments to process and unblend and not be triggered anymore but it's worth it and when they see that you've stuck around and you are there for them in every moment that they are feeling triggered and they're having this experience it goes a long way. All right, this is the end of this episode. Um, I hope that this was very informative for both the person whose partner has CPTSD and for those who themselves are dealing with CPTSD. Um, I recommend finding any videos you can, any books that you can. Do research on CPTSD. Specifically, research relationships and CPTSD, uh, intimacy, anything that, that you think could be helpful. There are a lot of books out there. There's not a ton of resources out there for CPTSD, but there's definitely a good you know, area you can look in for information, and it is helpful. The biggest thing is just to be patient and to let them know that you're there for them. Okay, my Twitter handle is at ADHD and CPTSD. Give me a shout. Uh, my website is www.livingwithadhdandcptsd.ca. And this is going to go on to YouTube. And I hope that you guys will check that out as well. Just look up Living with C- ADHD and CPTSD on YouTube and you'll be able to find it. It's been. A long five months to be honest since I started this podcast and I've gone through so much and I have really seen a large increase in listeners over the past month or so and I really appreciate it and all I can ask is to let others know about this podcast if you think someone has ADHD or CPTSD and you think that they could benefit from listening to my experiences and my information regarding these two disabilities, show them my, uh, podcast, play it for them, you know, see what they think. I've heard a lot of good things from people. Um, by no means am I an expert. I'm not a therapist. I'm not a doctor, but this is strictly talking about my experiences with ADHD and CPTSD. So I definitely recommend, Showing people this podcast and doing the research. Do all that you can to help yourself. And for those who have a partner with ADHD or CPTSD, you can help them by doing research and give them means to gain information and gain access to important help. And it'll be very, very beneficial to them. Okay, well, that's this episode, and I hope you guys have a great weekend, and I will talk to you next week. Bye, everybody.